It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Stevie Nicol and Shaq, who doesn't care what happens over the next hour because he's on holiday tomorrow and pretty much has switched off already. Uh, we focus on to kick things off. Chelsea taking on Aston Villa at Villa Park in that FA Cup replay. Remember, it was goalless at Stamford Bridge. Villa are the favourites to advance. Chelsea come into this game, of course, off the back of that embarrassing home defeat against Wolves. Here's Mauricio Pochettino. We are demanding the support uh, to the team, to the players, because I know the quality and we know the quality of the player. The players have an amazing quality. The only problem is take time to build a team. And, and that is, uh, you know, the reality that we need to translate to the fans and the fans to be patient. Of course, that we are going to, to find a way to, to succeed. Too many things that we need to fix before to talk about tactics or about to talk football. But we are in, in trying to entitled to to fix all the things. To yes, as soon as possible, for sure we are going to yes to perform and be in the position uh, that the club deserve. You know. And for more on this, let's welcome Ian Dark. Ian, Chelsea fans last season must have thought right, we've hit rock bottom. The only way is up. Well, I tell you what, Pochettino has taken them even lower. Yeah, they've lost more games than they've won in the Premier League. They've shipped four at Liverpool. OK, you can excuse that because Liverpool at Anfield are a really dangerous proposition. But four at home to Wolves. I don't think Wolves had won away since October. And they ran right, really, at Stamford Bridge. Their pace was way too much for Chelsea. They've lost any kind of feel of... They're going to win football matches for me. There's no leadership. There's no cohesion. There's no sense of style about the team. And there have got to be big questions uh, against Pochettino now. I mean, he arrived with a big reputation. He took Spurs to a Champions League final. But the club's lost their way, and the fans are extremely disillusioned and were chanting for Jose Mourinho at the end of the Wolves game. So <laughs> it's all bad, and that is a big, big game for them at Aston Villa, that cup replay. They've got to go out now and play like wounded tigers and fight and put in a performance. But are they going to? I'm not so sure. No, and that, that's it, isn't it? Like you, you think, right, we know what Chelsea need to go out there and do, but I'm sure... Not many people have got any sort of belief that they go out there and actually get it done. No, because they're just, they just seem like a team of individuals, basically. And but Pochettino's had them for a long time now. Mm -hmm. Why can't he get them playing because, as a group? You know, because they, they don't fit. The skill sets don't fit with one another. The personalities maybe don't, you know, there's, there's certain things, chemistry and personality within a team is, is, is important. And the one thing that we don't see is what happens day to day. But it certainly doesn't look as though the personalities are, are coming together uh, and, and the individuals don't look as though they're... So you end up with the team stepping on the field who are doing their own thing, regardless of what the manager's doing. Because there's no way that Pochettino doesn't have them on the training field, putting them together, running through set plays, uh, set, set plays and, and systems when you've got the ball whether it's going down the right, coming back out, going down the left, or trying to open up the opposition to go through the middle, you know they're doing all these things. But when it comes to the game, they can't produce it. So you get Pochettino a pass? No. Look, we always talk about results. Are, are When managers lose their job, it's invariably because they don't get results. And if that's the criteria solely then he doesn't get a pass. But the fact is, is that what's happened before him and what we're now realising as far as the players they've signed, I don't think you can stick the blame on Pochettino. I, I just don't. I mean, let's be honest. Look at that back line. Just from a defensive point of view, we know the struggles, they don't have a centre-forward who can score goals. Let's look at the back line. I mean, seriously, Gusto, who does he get a game for? Nobody. De Sassi, 
Nobody. Silva is 39 years of age and Chilwell can't defend either. So straight off the bat, and you've got Petrovic in goal, who is a novice at this level. And you wonder why they're losing goals. And I'm not even talking about what the problems they've got going forward. So, considering what Pochettino's got from a defensive point of view, do you really blame him that, that they're losing goals? Uh, Ian, you, you, you do blame Pochettino. They're not good enough. Yeah, they're not good enough. But I think, you know, we're deep into the season now. My feeling about Chelsea this season from the beginning was there would be this big transitional period. They were poor last season and you thought it might take time for everything to gel. But I thought by now they might be producing a rather better tune than they have. I mean, we're, we're into February now and you're never sure what you're going to get from this Chelsea team. They've had that the odd day. Didn't they draw 4-4 with Manchester mm. City? But that really is kind of an isolated incident. Six against Middlesbrough. Yes, they've got to the Carabao Cup final, but they've got to face Liverpool in that final again. And you saw what happened against Liverpool the other day. So, I mean, it doesn't look good. What we're seeing, this might be at the moment as good as they are. <laughs> look, at, look at that. Just honestly, have a look at that. Mm -hmm. You've got a guy who's won the Champions League. Yeah. You've got a guy in Potter who had Brighton playing incredible football. Certainly Chelsea don't when he was there. And you've got Pochettino, a guy who's taken the team to a Champions League final as well. And we're sitting here and we're, we're, we're trying to blame the manager for everything. How, how is that possible? It's staring you in the face what the problem is. There's three guys, like three, three of them up at sitting up in the stand, who've brought all these players in who cannot play together. And I don't hear one, I don't hear one person talking about them. Everything seems to be thrown on the manager. I, I, I don't think you can blame the manager only. I think there, there are others, namely the owner, who probably could bear the, the brunt of, of, of the blame. But he's not going anywhere. You're not going to sack the entire squad. So you, now you're trying to make a case of Pochettino, and all you can come up with is, well, everybody else is bad. He's not really done, he's not really done much either. You know, um, this, this squad is not, is not playing well. Even if those, even though those, those pieces don't fit together, there has been absolutely no improvement in, in who Chelsea are. Now, I, I, for one, I cannot believe, sit here and believe that Pochettino didn't have anything to do with the transfer spending in, in, in the summer of 2023. Everybody knew he was going to be Chelsea manager from probably about May, but didn't want to take it before the end of the season. So he has, I firmly believe he had a say in who comes in and um, maybe less or who goes because Chelsea just, just needed to sell players. Well, Cole Palmer has, 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 is one of the bright sparks of, of the season so far. Nkunku has come in and done really well. You can't spend $100 million on Caicedo, have him look as poor as he does and not blame the manager who, again, in my opinion, probably had something to do with him coming in and hasn't seemed to have much of a plan for what to do with, with Caicedo either. So it, it's, to, to, to see this point, maybe he isn't in, entirely to blame, but he has a lot of blame to, to, to bear here. So if Pochettino is out the door, Ian, who comes in? Does it make any difference who comes in and can get some sort of tune out of this team? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because you've got to think succession planning. There's no point just throwing a head to the mob and saying, oh, it's not going well, we're going to get rid of Pochettino. I don't think they're going to do that, or you'd hope that you can never be sure under this uh, Todd Bowley regime because there have been so many kind of scattergun buys and odd decisions that almost anything can happen. But, um, you know, your guess is as mine about who might take over. It is a, still a big club and a big job, so there'd be plenty of good candidates for it. But um, I don't think Pochettino getting fired is that imminent. I mean, I think he gets off the hook, doesn't he, if they win the Carabao Cup final, but I don't think they're going to. Uh, also, what's not helping, we're hearing reports Enzo Fernandez wants out. He's not happy. Thiago Silva's wife is, is tweeting after yeah. games uh, <laughs> saying, basically, we need a change. This, this is such a toxic squad, you feel, at the moment. And I'm not quite sure, if I'm a Chelsea fan, where I see that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing it either, in, in all honesty. And, and I think one of the main reasons you're not seeing that light at the, at the end of the tunnel is because the one who's kind of blocking all the light is, is the man who's sitting at the very top in Todd Bowley. Um, this has been, Chelsea as a football club has been 
trending towards this toxicity ever since he took over. There was nothing in terms of his plan about what, he, what he's building or his spending. All, all we could tell is he's spending a whole lot of money and trying to buy players when others identified them, which, as we, clear, we, we could have told him then, was a disaster in, in the making, and, and it's proved to be as much. Now, again, he's not going anywhere, so... Where, how do you find that? How do you find that light at the end of the tunnel when he is is the cause of the toxicity and isn't others aren't able to to kind of help him out? What's your team talk tomorrow to this Chelsea team ahead of a massive game against Aston Villa? I think the I think the only thing you can do now is to try and get them to play for each other. That's that's my team talk because at the very least. If they're all trying hard for each other, something may happen. If that, if that desire to go out and look after your mate isn't there, right. and it's the desire of, well, I need to look after myself, then you're not getting out of this. If, that, if that's the way the team's thinking. So if I'm the coach, I am trying to figure a way out of getting these guys to play for each other. Because that's the only way out of trouble. If I'm, if I'm Pochettino, I'm convincing everybody in our dressing room that we're a cup team. We're through to one cup final. Here's another cup. The league will, the league will take care of itself. We'll, we'll figure that part out next season or whenever it is. But when, when all the chips are on the line, this is when we're at our best. That's what I'm saying to my team. Um, in an effort to get some kind of a tune out of them. Uh, meanwhile, Villa are completely on the other end of the spectrum, aren't they, really? And I think we had expectations for them to do well this season. Probably not this well. Yeah, I mean, they're going great guns, aren't they, at the top of the table or near the top of the table? They're still in the title race, really, mathematically, when you look at it. They've been terrific at home, except the last home game against Newcastle, where they gave a curiously muted performance. So I think Chelsea better hope that Aston Villa are in that kind of mood again, that they've maybe just gone off the boil a little bit. Of course, since then, they've gone away and banged in five goals at Bramwell Lane. So given Villa's home record, and Villa, I think, will be hungry to, to win the FA Cup this season. It's a real pro possibility for them. So, you know, you'd have to have Villa as pretty firm favourites for this game. Give me a score, Ian. Uh, I think Villa might win this, say, 3-1. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think Villa are good for three goals against, against Chelsea. And I'll be honest, like every week with Chelsea, I'm not sure where they get, where they get the goals. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to be 3-1. 3-1 as well. Uh, there we go. Meanwhile, it's the first time Ian has been on since Jurgen Klopp announced that he will be leaving at the end of the season. Yet uh, on X, uh, Ian put out this. If Liverpool's search for a new manager is a data-driven process, as we are told, and they're looking for someone consistently achieving way more than resources like Jess <laughs> and Atleti's... I'm not sure Diego Simeone <laughs> has to be in the conversation. Maybe Ian isn't quite aware how much that tweet is trolling you, Stevie. Oh, my, I've <laughs> never seen that before. Given your now, thoughts what? on Simeone. Please tell me what Simeone does that is, that, that is in line with what Liverpool do. Tell me one thing. Go on, Ian. Uh, no, in, I wasn't suggesting for a minute, and of course I've taken pelters for this on social media. <laughs> you might say, beep, you might beep, say beep. rightly so, but I wasn't suggesting for a minute that Diego Simeone should be the next manager of Liverpool. Not at all. Oh. But they keep on telling us it's a data-driven process measured against resources. Now, they worked out when they hired Klopp that in, I think it was... 12 or 14 of his 16 seasons, he'd overachieved against his resources as a manager, winning two titles at Borussia Dortmund, promotion at Mainz, all that kind of thing, taking Dortmund to a Champions League final. If you look at Simeone, Atletico Madrid, with Real Madrid and Barcelona to play, he's got them to two Champions League finals. Yep. He's won the title a couple of times. He's won the Europa League. He's operated at the top level for a decade. So... Though you might not like his style and the perception is of a, an ugly, dark art team, he is a manager who's achieved a lot. He's overachieved. Don't you want someone who's overachieved, Stevie, taking over? I, I'd, I'd, I'd love personally. I'd love Simeone to get the job. Just for our entertainment. Just, yeah, just so I could yeah. I could come in every day. Stevie's every time Liverpool play on Stevie's here. Yeah. I'll just I'll just show up. No, no. <laughs> No, thank you. Uh, Ian, obviously the first time you've been on since uh, Arsenal beat Liverpool so impressively at the weekend. 
What does this do in anything with regards to your thoughts on the title race? Or is it still, in your opinion, Manchester City's to lose? Uh, probably is, yeah, given the way Manchester City usually finish seasons and they're reeling off win after win after win. Even when they had Haaland out the team, they kept on winning. So I think you'd probably have to say they are favourites to win the title. But I think that result has blown it open again. Arsenal had a little blip. They produced a very good performance against Liverpool, who didn't look at it at all. But kind of Arsenal did stop them playing a little bit. And there are two Liverpools, I think, for me. There's the Liverpool you see at Anfield, just about invincible. And the Liverpool you see away from home quite often, which is not quite so convincing. So it's fascinating. And, and, and Villa and maybe even Tottenham will feel they're not out of this yet either. Uh, you mentioned Tottenham. Of course, a lot of people are asking questions with Son gone and obviously Harry Kane being sold. Who would be the person that would get their goals in this key time of the season? And of course, it's been Richarlison, the Brazilian on absolute fire at the moment. You think 48 games to 4 December the 10th, he only got five goals. Since then, in the last 10 matches, he's got nine goals. Who would have thought this would have happened? Certainly not Steve Nicol. Listen, the goal scorer. I mean, you know, the, all the questions when Son left was, who's going to put the ball in the back of the net? Who's going to pick up? on what he's not going to be able to deliver. And the truth is, we don't have an answer to that. Because Richarlison's not a goal scorer. We, you know, if ever there was a game that showed that it was tonight, they should have made this easier. And they would have done if they'd had somebody up front who actually is a goal scorer. Dan Thomas. No, I Dan, am, I have nothing on, to do with let this. Let me finish. I have nothing to do with this. This, this wasn't me. This is, this is absolute cherry picking. No, no. It's it's, absolute it's, cherry picking. I promise you this isn't me. Because I told you last year when, <laughs> when Rashford was doing the same thing yes. that it wouldn't happen again this year. Right. He hadn't done it for three years previously and because he has a purple patch and has a good six months, which is what this guy's doing with Charleston, he's having a purple patch. Because you can't... Look at the rest of his time in the Premier League. He's never scored that amount of goals in that amount of games. Ever. Maybe just need a little so bit you can't turn around all of a sudden and, and shove a custard pie in my face and go, nah. <laughs> I, I, I haven't done anything. So I'm, I'm just saying that. The guy's done well. You've got to give him praise. He's put the ball in the back of, of the net. you've got to give him praise. Now he goes in 10 games. Well done. Yeah. There you go, Richardson. Have a little clap, son. But let's, let's see you doing it for a, a period of but time. But he, he of has time. surprised you. Of course he has. Right. Of course he has. I don't think I'm the only person that's surprised he's got 9 and 10. Absolutely not. No chance. He's probably surprised. I tell you what, if Chelsea, if Chelsea thought he was going to be a great goal scorer, they would have gone and bought him as well. Oh, so, yeah. Chelsea into this. Well, I'll, just, I'll just tell you. I love, I love you. You can sit and cherry pick stuff that people say, particularly me. And this is, this is, this is one of them. But don't, 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 oh, let's reiterate. Don't turn round. Don't turn round. This is not my doing. I don't, that's fine. Don't I'm just saying, don't turn round. Don't after tell me somebody, that's fine. When, I don't like that word. When somebody has a purple patch and all of a sudden they're, uh, oh, that's it. For the, for the next five seasons, they're going to be bashing goals in. No, uh, no, enjoy it well you can. Um, uh, Ian, are you, how surprised are you by this purple patch? Um, not that surprised, really. I think he's, he's shown once or twice in the past that he could deliver goals. I mean, he could hardly, hardly score a goal at all, could he, last season? He wasn't getting many chances. He cut a quite discontented figure. But, you know, he's risen to the occasion with Son missing. They've needed him to score, and he has scored. So, I mean, my problem with Spurs, really generally, talking aside from Richarlison, is they give the opposition too many chances in games. And I think the stats back that up. I think only the teams at the bottom give away more chances. You know, and they did it again. You could see Postacoglu's mood at the end of the game at Everton. It was a game they should have won. Seconds to go. They give away a last-minute goal. There goes another two points. And I, that's as depressed as I've seen him look after a game. Anything you'd like to add, Shaka? No, I'm good. I'm, I was enjoying everything about that. Oh, good. I'm glad someone was. Uh, extra time, <laughs> as always, is available on our YouTube channel where we stay later, answer your questions. Today is no exception. Be sure to check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at alienware.com slash deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. Some big games right across Europe this week. No bigger than in Spain. A top of the table clash between Real Madrid and Girona. Two points separate those sides going into that game. Uh, Gemma Soler caught up with Girona's Eric Garcia to look ahead to the clash. Being the underdog, um, do you think that's helped you in the fact that you didn't maybe have that much pressure, but maybe at some point can be difficult because, you know, big clubs usually they tend to have more someone to help them? Well, no one no one is expecting us to, to win La Liga or at least no one was expecting it. So I don't think we have pressure at all. Uh, we are really enjoying this moment. Um, we are, you know, all the fans are supporting us. Uh, we are here like a family. And if we keep doing like this uh, without, the, I don't think the small, the small pressure, but I don't think, I don't think it will affect us. Who would have thought, eh, in February the 10th, as we're looking ahead to the fixture list when it was released at the start of the season, that we'd be covering a top of the table clash between Real Madrid and Girona. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll tell you what, if Girona win the La Liga title, that is a bigger story for me than Leicester City yep. winning the Premier 5,000 to 1 a few seasons ago. It is, it's been brilliant. It's exactly what you need. You want a tale of the unexpected, like Leverkusen leading the way in Germany as well. They're playing Bayern at the weekend. So that's another top of the table game to look forward to. So I think it's brilliant. I think just lately... They're starting to find it a little bit hard. I think they've got a couple of key players suspended at the weekend. Dovbeck, mm. the scorer, was, was injured last weekend and they were held by Real Sociedad. So I hope they're not just going off the boil at the wrong time ahead of this Real game. But you know something? When I covered Leicester that season when they won the title, everybody was saying, like they're saying about Girona, oh, they won't last. It won't last. It's all good fun while it lasts. I remember that season. Leicester went to Manchester City about this time of year and played them off the park and won 3-1. They had Mares playing for them, then for Leicester. Um, I just wonder, can Girona do something like that at the Bernabeu on Saturday? Steve, you've always said when it comes to big matches, in the build-up to it, do everything the same. Yep. Routine, just yep. act like it's, a, it's, it's another game. How easy is that to do in these circumstances? Well, it generally depends on the makeup of your team. If you've got, if you've got a good mix of experience uh, and youth then I think that's the the the, the perfect um, the perfect duo unfortunately they've got a couple of suspensions with you know people like yeah. like Blind who who may not have the legs anymore but his experience and his football brain just with everybody around them helping them and it's going to be little things that are going to turn into big things in this game and it can go both ways for Girona. You know, getting the little things right can turn into them playing this open attacking football that they play. Yeah. If they get all the little things right, they can, they can win this game. But if they get them wrong, Real Madrid are a team that if you give them a, an inch, they'll take the mile. And so that's the key. If they get the little things right, Girona, no big, no, 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 no blue, blue, uh, bloopers or yes. anything like that. Just keep things calm. If they can do that, then they've got an opportunity. And there is a vulnerability. 
about yeah. Real Madrid this season. Despite the fact they're top of the table, big favourites rightly to win La Liga, they haven't been blowing teams away. No. They haven't been that swashbuckling best. And if you're Girona, you fancy it, don't you? If you can silence Listen, the ground, make the most of those injuries in their defence. Absolutely. If you're Girona, you're looking forward to this. You're in a hiding to nothing here. You have been all season long. Keep it going. Keep playing with, it, with, with that freedom. Um, and, and yes, this is not a, a Real... Well, it's a Real Madrid team sitting on top of the table. It's not the, the kind of team that maybe strikes fear into you, into some of the teams uh, of, of the past, particularly we see what, what Vinicius' um, fitness is like, we see whether Rudiger is, is, is back. Um, so there, there are, Real Madrid do have their issues as well. The, the, the one big factor that goes in their favour is that Real have been here and, and done it time and time again. Carlo Ancelotti has been here and done it time and time again. Uh, Michel won't be on the sidelines. You've got injuries to, to Dovbeck and, and, and Daly Blind. Uh, so when, when you're a minnow coming into, into a stadium like the Bernabeu, while you do everything the same, you hope that Lady Luck, Lady Luck shines on you and everything is in place. That's just not the case for Girona this time around. So I'm... I'm I'm a little bit concerned for them. Good news, though, coming out of uh, Catalonia. Both, uh, you both mentioned that Dovbic was obviously out for the game against Lariel, suggesting that he will be fit for the game at the Santiago Bernabeu. He's been key. Stuani's been good as well, Ian. But certainly standout player, if you watch Girona, the one you're like, wow, this kid is good, is Savio, who, of course, it was announced this summer he'll be going to Manchester City. That seems like a great acquisition. Yeah, it does. I think that Manchester City are going to loan him straight back to Girona because they've got so many wide players that they mm. probably don't yet, but they've secured him, haven't they? He's looked one of the most exciting talents in Europe and he's been laying on the goals for Dovbeck um, and Stuani as well. And yeah, I mean, it's all been a bit of a fairy tale for him as it's a fairy tale for Girona, but he's been key. They need him to cause some havoc, I think, at the, at the weekend. But remember something about uh, Girona. They went to Barcelona and won 4-2. Yeah, most definitely. You look at Savio, Shaq. We've seen a lot of Girona. We watched it yeah. together. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, our commentator, Alex Pereja, described him as, as the best dribbler in Spanish football. And that's seeing a lot when you've got the likes of Vinicius mm. Jr. playing his trade in, in, in Spain um, and at 19 years old. And you recognise... Um, one, just his, his willingness just to run at, at, at defenders and, and take them on. Um, and, and then you, you think 19 and, and he's still got so much more growing, so whether physically or not, but certainly mentally and psychologically in the game, um, that would be some acquisition because uh, I, I'll double down on what Alex said there. There are a few players in the game today with the ball at their feet that is just willing just to run straight at defenders and has the kind of successes that he has. He's on loan from Troy, isn't he? Part of the City group, as of course is Girona. Does this act as any sort of distraction for him, Stevie? I don't think so. I think at 19, you're still, you're still playing for fun, basically. And I was talking about that mix about the old heads at Girona and the young ones. Well, when you're 19 and you play the game the way this guy does, he's, he, he, he grabs playing at the Bernabeu. He right. grabs playing in big games. He's still a kid, and as a kid, you dream about playing in games like this. Mm. So he ain't going to go in there and be scared. He ain't going to go in there and freeze. He's going to go there and play as always in the playground. So it's, it's perfect. Uh, meanwhile, killing Mbappe news. Well, in case you missed it, uh, Julianne Laurent Lapira is the end of breaking the fact that he's decided to go to Real Madrid in the summer. Uh, after so many twists and turns in this saga, and it definitely has been a saga, Ian. Overall, though, if he does move, obviously great for Real Madrid, great for La Liga, great for Mbappe. Yeah, I mean, what a fantastic box office, the marquee name. Because the big debate is going to start now. Where are they going to play Mbappe? Because he does like to come off the left. Vinicius plays from that side generally. But hey, what a lovely problem for Carlo Ancelotti to have. And they're going to be pretty ferocious, aren't they, with, with those players, Rodrigo, Bellingham as well. That is some firepower. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I wanted to just get a word from you on Xavi saying that he'll be leaving at the end of the season. Very, <clears throat> very different feeling, excuse me, to what we've seen from Klopp, Ian. Klopp going out, he's tired, you know, but all the success, everything he's had at Liverpool, what a legacy he's left. Meanwhile, for Xavi, he just looks absolutely fed up with the world. 
Yeah, and I think it's quite sad because he's such a key and revered figure because of everything he did as a player um, at the Camp Nou. So I think this is a sad ending. He's had to handle things in a very, very difficult post-Messi era with all the financial problems going on. So my feeling really is one of sympathy for him. And remember, he did deliver a La Liga title despite mm. all of that. Uh, it would take some comeback, wouldn't it, for Barca to retain that title now. Meanwhile, it's all about Real Madrid against Girona, as we mentioned, that game live on ESPN Plus this Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Passion, drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more, whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with eBay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com and license only exclusions apply Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It has not been a great season for Matt Turner, of course, moving to Nottingham Forest and things have just not worked out for him. He's really struggled in the games in which he's featured. He sat down with Sam Borden to reflect on the season so far. So I guess let's start sort of basic. How would you describe how your season's been so far? Yeah, I can't really describe it in one word. It's been um, it's been up and down for sure. I've had some really great moments and some uh, moments I'd, I'd like to leave behind forever. So um, yeah, overall, I think it's been a, a positive for me. You know, I've got to live the dream and, and play Premier League games, and uh, you know, really experience uh, all that this league has to offer in terms of quality and pressure and, and dealing with that. The sort of Matt Turner profile has always been, you know, incredible shot stopper, less good when it comes to playing with the ball at his feet. When you look at your own self-evaluation, what do you see? Do you think that's fair criticism? Yeah, I'd say it's kind of felt like a little bit unlucky sometimes because everything that could possibly have gone wrong in certain moments has gone completely wrong. You know, um, sometimes as goalkeepers you might get away with one or two and, and it feels like this season I've gotten away with zero of them. And uh, yeah, that's been really frustrating and tough to take. You know, I want it to, I want everything to be perfect all the time and I don't really feel like I've given the best of myself um, consistently uh, for the club and that's really disappointing. And, and you know, it's disappointing for myself because I hold myself to a certain standard and, and demand a certain level for myself. And yeah, so now I got a, a real a real fight on my hands for, for the position and uh, I'm looking forward to it because this is the process this is the process that I've been through many times in my career and I'm sure we'll have to continue to go through no matter what. What was your reaction when you heard that Forrest was bringing in Mets? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't blame them, given uh, given the way things had gone for me. But you know, at the same time, uh, I felt like I, you know, was doing. I was doing all right, you know, and I was uh, getting better and improving. But you know, this is a results business, and we haven't been getting the results that we probably deserve or need um, if we want to stay in the Premier League. So I have to continue and double down on myself and and try to get better and, and prove to these fans and the people of, of Nottingham that. You know, I can be somebody that has a real impact on this on this football club. They did announce the, the other day that um, the World Cup final in 26 is going to be in New that Jersey. Life, yeah. How far do you think the U.S. needs to get to in that tournament to make the impact that I mean, <laughs> the final? I feel like I feel like people, and then if we make the final, it's winning it. You know, I think um, you know the fans. We have a really strong team. We have really strong players. And, uh, you know, tournaments aren't always perfect, 
but uh, I think the fans have a, a level of expectation that's been growing over the years, and um, I think it's coming to its boiling point when when the World Cup is here in 26. And you know, we have a young team that won't be so young uh, the next time around with with World Cup experience under our belts. So uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to that for sure, but. We still have uh, two tournaments to go before we, we get to that point. So uh, a few trophies up for grabs that we want to be able to lift for, for our home fans. Ian's still with us, but Shaq, I'm going to start with you as a goalkeeper. What do you make of what you had to say? Um, it's, it's, it's tough because I, I think I've been there. I think more goal, most goalkeepers have, have been there where, where you struggle for form. Um, I, I think the key to that is just kind of going back to basics, just doing things simply. But you can't do that if you're not playing, can you? You bring in a new goalkeeper? Yeah, well, well, well listen, the, the position he's in right now is, is, is of his own making. You, you cannot make these kinds of errors and expect it to, keep your, to keep your spot. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's just, it, it just it, as, as a goalkeeper, you are judged on your mistakes not on, on, on the saves that you make. And I think the, the recent game against Arsenal kind of sums that up. Starts off playing really well, and then all of a sudden gets beat really easily down at his near post from, from Gabriel Jesus, I think it was. And that's what you remember. Yeah. So as a keeper, you've, you've, you've got to cut those mistakes out before you start adding the, I'm going to come charging 10 yards from box to cut out a, a, a through ball. I'm going to come for a cross that I never should come for. Those things, those, those things you only start attempting those things when all the other areas of your, of, of your game, the basics, are absolutely buttoned up. And I think too often in today's game, I'll blame, maybe I can blame today's game and in, in what's being asked of goalkeepers, you think you have to be so much else. You have to be a sweeper keeper and you have to be able to pass the ball out to the back and you have to be able to play high up the line when those things, all those things, only come after the basics are absolutely buttoned up. And I, I think that's where it got away from Martin. Do, do you think it's the last time we've seen him in the Premier League, Ian? I don't know about that. You're writing him up pretty quickly. I mean, they bought in this guy, Sels who kept goal at the weekend against Bournemouth. So that says to me that Nuno doesn't really fancy Turner at the moment. But all you can do in that situation is to wait maybe for another chance. And when you get another chance, go in and do the job rather better than he's been doing it so far. He's been very in and out, as Shaka was describing. Here's the issue with, with, with Sells coming in. You've got, what, 17 games left in the season? Mm. And, and while so much of the goalkeeper position has been an absolute merry-go-round at Nottingham Forest, um, does, does uh, Nuno Espirito Santo stick with a goalkeeper for, for 17 games, regardless of those performances? Does Sells come in and give you that kind of solid foundation? Or is it something a little bit uh, about how Nuno is asking them to play that's, that's affecting these goalkeepers? 17 games is, is not a law. Right now, my fear for Matt Turner, and, and while I, I take everything he says about having played in the Premier League and, and wanting to continue, is that the showings he's had at both clubs that he's been at haven't been great. Mm. And who now takes that next chance? It may take a step down the division to come back into the Premier League and re-establish yourself as, as that goalkeeper that, that clubs can, can rely on. But right now, I, I think you've got a 17-game window and you're hoping, which no goalkeeper ever does, that the man who's got the who's, who's got the, the, the nod, who's got the starting position, has an absolute stinker. That's it, though, Steve. And plus, he's thinking about the World Cup as well. You've yeah. got to be playing. Yeah, I would, I would probably think that's in the back of his mind, no question. Uh, because, again, goalkeepers like outfield players, we, we know when we're performing at our best and when we're not. And when you're not and you're not in the team, he knows he probably doesn't deserve to be the starting goalkeeper. Now, as much as it's okay, I can wait and get a chance, international football, in my opinion, you have to be playing regularly at your club in order to be playing international football. Uh, and if he's not playing for his club, then 100% his international job's in jeopardy. Just, just, just uh, the, the, there's one goalkeeper that I always use as an example, a goalkeeper from, from back in our day, a goalkeeper who I'm sure Matt Turner Matt, Matt would know of. Um, and that's Jürgen Sumner. Jürgen Sumner is, was an American goalkeeper who actually 
played in a final four alongside Casey Keller and myself. And we all found, that we all found ourselves, the three of us, in England at exactly the same time. Jürgen Sumner went to, went to QPR when QPR was struggling. And what I saw from Jürgen Sumner, who was, again, an incredibly talented goalkeeper, playing in a bad team, not trusting your defence, so you start coming for crosses, you start coming for through balls, and all of a sudden, you're still conceding those goals, but now that blame is on you. When you're, not playing, when you're playing in a team that's not great, you just have to settle down, do what's asked of you not try to be all things to everybody on the park because inevitably as a keeper again you're judging your mistakes and that can that can really cause um it, it's a it's, it's a huge blow to your confidence and and it, it spirals down downwards really quickly which is what happened which is what happened to Jürgen. uh you can see more of that interview on the latest edition of football america's uh, seven herc uh dissects it and of course discusses uh the plans for the uh, world cup final to be in New Jersey. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Calm down, Shaka. There's still extra time, all right? You can't leave us quite yet. Uh, Ian will be back in a moment. Be sure to stay with us. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Why are you looking at your watch, Shaq? Uh, hurry up. Shaq's last day. Play. Last day you, before you, carnival. I'm giving you four minutes for all them four questions. Yeah. <laughs> We've just been really in-depth. So <laughs> it is a different I think so. Uh, I think it's definitely. We've got some real detailed answers. Ian is with us as well. How are you, Ian? I'm very well. It's nice to see you guys again. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice to see you as well, Ian. <sighs> Stevie, where do you rank Klopp among Liverpool's greatest managers? Well, I think up, up until now, Liverpool's history it has been Shankly, Paisley and Dalglish. Yep. And Klopp, in my opinion, has just gone on to that list. Above anyone on don't, that don't, list? Don't get him in the Liverpool echo again. Well... Well, no, I think, but he gets no. himself in the Liverpool. <laughs> well, no, you set him up to be in the no, Liverpool echo. Nobody goes above Shankly. Shankly? Shankly's at the top of the tree. Right. Shankly's Ollie, Watts, Ollie Watkins for Villa, and he's got three behind him. Oh. Paisley, Dalglish. Very well, weird analogy. What's well, a football analogy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> With Ollie Watkins in for some reason. <laughs> No, Shackley is the Ollie Watkins no. of Liverpool. <laughs> that, <laughs> Liverpool echo. Oh, that, you're, you're, that, that you're, you're right, you're right, Dan. He does it himself. Oh, uh. <laughs> uh, do you agree with Shankly and the other three, Ian? Yeah, Shankly's got to be number one. I, I think he made the modern Liverpool turn them from a second division team into a major power in the land, but everybody put them in that all red kit and just created that incredible culture that has surrounded Liverpool for most of the time since. Uh, Ian, which rivalry will go down as the greatest in Premier League history? Sir Alex and Wenger, Mourinho and Sir Alex, or Klopp and Pep? I still think it's that Manchester United Ferguson-Wenger thing. You know, that that went on for, for a long time. We're kind of forgetting it. It's receding into history. Arsenal haven't won the title now for 20 years, but uh, that that was fascinating at its peak. But of course, you know, the modern day version is Pep and Klopp. I mean, they get on rather better, though, don't they? I think yeah. Wenger and Fulham really didn't like each other at all for a while. 
I'd forgotten that, 20 years. 20 years since I saw one. Oh, that's a long time. There we go. What's that face for? I'm still going back to Ollie Watkins. Shaka, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what needs to happen to fix the Tottenham corner kick situation? Is it Vicario or his teammates that need to adjust? Do you have somebody around him? Right, so like a protector? Yeah. Oh, not, not even just a protector, not, not necessarily, you know, any, any purest in, in, um, interpretation of that, but just if the ball's dropping low, somebody to head it out. Somebody that, that could put a body on on um, on any any attacker who's who's getting a little a little too close to, to Vicario. Or no, I, I just don't understand how you have somebody standing unimpeded right next to a goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I just don't. They they don't have to think about anything. It's crazy. Uh, Ian, what sort of preparations do you do leading up to a game? Ooh. Just statistics or do you also follow a diet to make sure you're at your best <laughs> on match days? Oh. A diet? I think that no, no, well, that don't follow a diet. Um, well, the preparation's quite long-winded and takes a lot of time and you've got to watch a lot of tapes and read a lot of stories. And I, I produce a couple of cards for each team, so make a few phone calls. So. It just goes on and on, really, until the game starts. You're, you're kind of glad when you get to the game and you finish the prep. <laughs> uh, what about Macca's preparations, Ian? <laughs> um, probably, probably he doesn't write anything down at all. He's the only guy... <laughs> or no, but somehow, in his head, he's, he seems to know and have everything that's happened with the two clubs involved, so... He does his preparation, and like he was as a player, he's kind of off the cuff. Yeah, you two are very good together, Ian. Very nice. Ooh, ooh. Ian, which is harder, radio or TV commentary? I think TV is harder, not because you know t TV, you could say, is the more glamorous medium of the two, but on the radio, you're, you're just describing the game. You are the eyes and ears, so you're just describing who's got the ball, where they've got the ball, what the score is pretty much constantly for anybody who's listening. On TV, they can see what's happening. So you, mm. you're you hopefully, along with your co-commentator, who's usually a very good ex-professional player who can see far more about what's going on than I am. Um, so on TV, you've got to kind of add to the pictures and that can be a little more difficult. What's your advice to young commentators? What do you see some of them doing wrong that maybe you would advise them not to do? Uh, don't use too many stats. Just use them as a bit of uh, seasoning on the game. Don't don't say. Yeah, that's good. That, that was, that that was, was I, like, I love that. Like the stats are in yeah. This is a little bit of seasoning. It be the main course. Oh, no. do you know what, Ducky? I like when he said the score on the radio because. On the weekend, on a Saturday or a Sunday, I'll be dropping the kids off. Yes. And I'll be listening to a game on the radio. And I don't always get it from the start, whether it's first half or the second half. Mm. And sometimes I'm sitting, talking to myself, here's a shot, <laughs> and I'm going, I wish you would tell me what the score is. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's like 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I don't know what the score is. It's, it's actually frustrating. If only there was some sort of app you could use. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, Dan, I'm driving. Oh, right, well, I was so apologise, yes. yes. How dare you suggest <laughs> yeah, you yeah, break I... the ball. <laughs> uh, with Valentine's Day around the corner, what day is Valentine's Day? February the 14th. Very good. Um, that's, uh, uh, that's Ash Wednesday. It's also Ash Wednesday. Oh, OK. Yes. Uh, what are you doing for your significant other? Nothing. Nothing? Like a little treat, little well, nice. I think nothing's pretty final, isn't it? All right. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> 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 well, something else. Well, well, don't, don't you start. <laughs> don't you start. Nothing else nothing. nothing, right? Shaka, will you be doing anything special? Um, no, not, 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 not this year, Daniel. No? Businesses are closed, generally, during... Um, oh, during Carnival? Yeah, because Carnival's in Monday and Tuesday, right. so there's not a lot. Okay. <laughs> I normally do something <laughs> for my... But she'll be with you. Oh, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Yes, 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 she will, yes. Uh, uh, do you indulge in anything for Valentine's Day, Ian? Um, yeah, we usually go out for a meal or I might Aww. buy some my wife. But, you know, I've suddenly realised, thank you for reminding me, I'd forgotten. It's next week, isn't it? But I yep. think I'm in home covering Lazio and Bayern Munich. So oh, I'm going to have to book some when I get back, I think. <laughs>
Oh, that old excuse. Just make sure, just make sure yeah, I see the score. Because otherwise, otherwise TV will be lost. For Ian, does Pompey have what it takes to automatically qualify for promotion to the championship? They have a very winnable game Ooh. against Carlisle, who's bottom of League One this weekend. He, um, it, it's going to be a close run thing, but the Pompey have been, or Portsmouth, I should explain really for anyone who doesn't know, um, my home city is where I was born, next to the ground. Um, so I support Portsmouth, and they've been top of League One nearly all season. So this time, fingers crossed, I'm hoping they've added a bit of quality during the window, oh. and I think they might just get them over the line. Hope so. Who's your manager? Who's your manager, uh, the, the, the manager is a guy called John Moussinho, who's an ex-player at various clubs in the lower divisions. And he's been very good. First job, and uh, he looks kind of like to the manor born. And the, the great chant from the Portsmouth fans is, who needs Mourinho? We've got Moussinho. Yes. <laughs> uh, final question is for you, Shaka. Okay. What possible news could get Shaka to do a remote from Trinidad and Tobago, which of course happened oh. to Stevie at Disney uh, World, mm. because mm. Jurgen Klopp left? Uh, I'm, I don't have roaming on my phone. Oh, really, Shaq? Yeah, so I can't, can't. What do you mean you don't have roaming on your phone? I don't have roaming, so, so I can't. It's phone can't won't work, can't get emails, can't get... Yeah, I can't get anything. I know what it means. Nothing. Yeah, I can't. I know what roaming is. Really? I do, <laughs> actually, yes. <laughs> but why would, but why, would, why would somebody make a phone that didn't have roaming on it? Well, some people don't have roaming. They don't pay the extra bits of money for it. Oh, so that's extra. Uh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, it can be. I didn't know that. There we are. You can get really caught out on it. You can lose hundreds of dollars, so be careful. Oh. If you ever leave the country, which probably. And no, right. more to the point, people can call you to do stuff when you're not yes. when you're not when you're not around. Yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly. You've got to rush back from Magic Kingdom. <laughs> have a lovely time, Shaka. Uh, I'll and try. If see Shaka. No, free, don't stop me. No, 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 don't. Plenty of pictures. No, feel free to uh, no. pictures. Stop doing that. Uh, we had Stevie in a fanny pack last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't be in a oh, fanny pack. I'm going to be a fight back. Uh, just a reminder then, we will be back here tomorrow without Shaka. You're going for like four weeks, aren't you? I'm, I'm, I'm going for a couple of days, Dan. Wow, good for you, mate. Craig will be here full of content. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Alongside Stevie, as we'll be reflecting on Chelsea's tie with Aston Villa in the FA Cup. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.